0: Folks, welcome back to another episode of hopefully, you know, 2023's most popular and favored paranormal podcast in all the land and heavens and even the heels, uh, the other dimensions, mostly ghostly. We're glad to be back with y'all. Ray, how you doing over there? Not bad. How about you? Doing pretty good. You know what I mean? Doing pretty good. Um, a little scared, to tell you the truth, a little spooked out. Um, just because today's episode, we're going to be talking about some of the most haunted places in Rhode Island and it's so close to us. Oh, I'm shivering and I'm shivering in my
1: shoes. You know what I mean? Uh, I lived in Rhode Island probably for about, let's see, 10, 20, 25 years.
0: Not too shabby, not too shabby.
1: In a haunted house, there's plenty of them over there.
0: Oh, no way! Oh, yeah. I was uh, one of my early uh, radio gigs, we'll say. I was, we did it, we had a radio show out at WBOB. Uh, I forget the number of it, but it was like a uh, radio deal in Rhode Island. So much love to Rhode Island. They always had good co- comic cons, too. You know what I mean? Expensive, but good. So have you ever dealt firsthand any paranormals in Rhode Island that you could that run jumped in your mind immediately that we could start with just talking about conversational, you know?
1: Uh besides the two cemeteries I uh, had experiences in and the house I lived in. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, besides those things I know you're a very you're a very uh gifted individual in the in the paranormal realm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It goes way back.
1: Uh, Rhode Island's got a got a bunch of them. I know they got the old uh, monastery up in Cumberland, the built what used to be the Biltmore Hotel. I think they renamed it. Yeah, uh, Nine Men's Misery. Uh, you you start running a whole list. That that place yeah. has. It's an old state, and it's got a lot of old stuff, and it's haunted. Yeah. We got a little list today for you. Some of
0: those things are included. You know what I mean. Uh, off top, off top, was there anything, any places, or any situations out of the list that you remember
1: uh, happening? Uh, near the home. There's a place on the east side that's haunted. You drive. It's a favorite place for people to drive by. Half the time, the apartments are empty because they can't, they can't keep people, and you see figures moving through there when they're empty. Uh where I live, Nah that wasn't too bad. We got used to it, figured out who the ghost was, used to talk to it. It would open and close windows, move stuff around. But we got on with it. I still have family living there.
0: You want to have a good relationship with any paranormal that would be around you, you know what I mean? That's advice for anybody out there listening. <clears throat> that's that's textbook stuff actually. You should know that. All right, so you ready to rock into Rhode Island? Oh yeah. All right. Everybody out there, put on your, uh, put on your proton packs because we're going to Rhode Island. First up, we got Chestnut Hill Cemetery, the grave of Mercy Brown, uh, you know, vampire favorite. You know, we've talked about Mercy Brown on the show before. Um, I know Ray and well, I was going to say Ray and her at beef back in the day, but I don't even want to joke. I don't even want to joke and bring those things around. You know what I mean? Uh, but let me pop a little quick. We'll pop in there a little quick for uh the folks that don't really know much about chest uh, chestnut Hill cemetery. Now, it's, you know, perhaps it's best known haunted place in Rhode Island. You know what I mean? Mainly for mercy Brown, now, her grave is nestled in the chestnut Hill Baptist church cemetery, flowers and trinkets adorning her well-worn tombstone. Now when mercy Brown died in 1892, from tuberculosis t b gutta, it was nothing abnormal, but as more and more people began to die from that dreaded crazy sick disease, suspicion arose that the supernatural powers were to blame um I don't know it's an interesting thing. I remember we you know me and my buddy Sean, you know we snapped snuck into a TB hospital uh, long since shut down i i I, I could only hope that it's been 10 years and I don't have any issues so I'm kind of I'm, I'm, you know we all do some crazy things when we're young you know what I mean And knock on wood it hasn't gotten up um, and it won't you know what I mean that's what Ray tells me but the TB hospital used to be a big deal and it wasn't a beautiful way to go and these used to be a very common thing and then what caused it to go away just modern medicine axed it out
1: uh, pretty much it's very rare now
0: yeah I know it's rare now. It's one of those things that like would kill you back in the day, but now you just take like Tylenol and you're going to be all right. You know what I mean? Craziness. Um, Now, Mercy's mother and her sister were dug up for inspection. That's always a good deal. That's nice. Respectful. We keep it respectful. Now, after seeing that they were sufficiently decomposed, uh, they were deemed safely dead. You know, they weren't vampiric. Or uh, zombified and uh, needed to be head removed or staked through the heart type deal. Uh, because Mercy herself, whose body was being stored in an above-ground vault due to the frozen ground, seemed almost alive with blood still in her heart and her liver. You know what I mean? Uh Precautions were taken and Mercy Brown's heart was cut and burned. That sounds like a witch type deal, don't it, Ray? Oh, yeah. Now, that supposedly ended her, her her vampire activity, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I remember she was one that you would see. Uh, supposedly they would see her kind of walking around after she died at, at night type deal. And uh, then folklore kind of grew up, of you know, around that. Uh, you know, for anybody out there that might want to get down and go check this place out, uh of course Rhode Island but that is Chestnut Hill Cemetery at 467 10 Rod Road Exeter Rhode Island I believe it's uh call ahead and ask with the police so we don't get in trouble there you go that's all I got to say we we did a, we did all we can do now ray I know that you've been to the cemetery and uh do you have any thoughts from your time there
1: uh as far as that goes they didn't understand TB at the time. It was a wasting yeah. disease, and it was all basically people of people were dying, and people were afraid. They were looking for a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean it, that that's it with with her cemeteries. I've been in a bunch of them in Rhode Island, and I'd say most of them uh, probably are haunted. They're, they all are very old. Yes, and some of them are built on. On sites where atrocious things happen, so it's a small state, a lot of people, a lot of history, a lot of hauntings.
0: Tuberculosis something that can affect anybody, or is it, did it mainly more in older folks and children? What was the did it have like a, a certain type of victim?
1: Uh, no, anybody. I remember when I worked in healthcare for a while, um, we used to have to go and get tested. Yeah to make to to make sure we didn't have it.
0: And it was not a pretty deal. It was like their lungs would fill up, right? With like fluid until they like suffocated or drowned.
1: Yeah. Torrible. Not, not, not pretty at all.
0: It's like, uh, pandemic stuff a little bit, you know what I mean? Really? Like some of them plagues, plagues of the earth type deal. All right. Next up, we have the lad school at Exeter as well. Um, Founded in 1908 by a eugenics doctor, you know, I, you know what I mean. Hey, we, unnamed, we're not going to name them. Just protect, them, protect them. You know what I mean. We don't want anything to happen to them. Um, the school was created in an attempt to cleanse society of its undesirables. That's scary, huh? We hear that often, you know, in the old, you know, undesirables does come up quite a bit in the talk of paranormal world you know what i mean it's just one of those things unfortunately usually it's when people are uh when they're just trying to get a get get a you know get these people out of the way get you know that's usually there's a lot of paranormal that comes in they usually take care of them you know or you know something of the sort you know now let me t- pop into this a little bit now cleansing society is always a scary thing that we don't We don't support it mostly ghostly. I just wanted to say that. So now not only the undesirables uh, that included the simple minded criminals and the sexually immoral, like other similar institutions of the time, it was full of cruelties. Yeah, because, you know, back in the you know, we don't the prison systems are rough now. But back in the day, it was like, my goodness, you know what I mean? Whether it was brutal, uh, brutal forced sterilizations or the 1955 murder of a severely disabled child, this school was definitely not fun and games. The school converted into a center in 1978 before closing for good in 1994. The last of the campus ruins were demolished in 2014, but plenty of the ghost stories still surround the sorry site once shrouded in scandal. Um, yeah, you know, the 1955 murder of a severely disabled child popped, you know, that stuck out to me. And, uh, very sad stuff, but I mean, you know, I, you know, I'd be curious to see more of what that is if it was a situation of, you know, I know restraining when, it, when, it, when you're restraining him, uh, disabled, you know, like, well, I guess it depends on, what, what the what the what the disabled deal is i know they they said simple-minded which is an awful way of putting it with people but i know that like you know sometimes that can be kind of tough for people that have that job you know what i mean uh it's not an easy job uh but that's where that's a that's a that's tragic stuff um did you know about all that stuff that happened did, are you hip with the lad school or is that new for you
1: uh, I knew the name. I didn't know the history. Yeah. I didn't know that in a lot of places like that. I mean, you're talking about uh, electric shock treatment, lobotomy, sterilization, um, anybody who was committed there. And if you had, I know that uh, in asylums, for uh, for instance, for adults, Yeah. if you weren't getting along with, with your wife and arguing, you could have it committed. Back back in the 1800s, early 1900s, yeah. and you could you could do that with unruly kids, because obviously there was something wrong with them, and they were unmoral. So that you know you have not committed, they're out of, they're out of there. That's it. You just have your, your kid thrown in a place like that. That was a crazy time, man. And they would take them. Now you take all those people that are mistreated there over a period of time, including the one murder we know of. Because who knows how many others may have died in there from uh, maltreatment or whatever? That's um, yeah, stuff. that's a lot. <clears throat> that's a lot of a negative, nasty, um, tormented energy stored there for those people, yeah. layer upon layer. So for that area to be haunted, even without a building, I would say yes. That that's a definite possibility there. Likelihood. Yeah. <laughs> Very
0: sad stuff. Whenever you get into schools and even in hospitals and nursing homes, too, you know, crazy stuff. You know, there's definitely good folks there, but unfortunately, you know, there's there there's the bad folks that work at those places as well.
1: Oh yeah, that reminds me. I worked uh, in at a haunted hospital and a haunted nursing home. On my list, hospice. Remember that. Now, The
0: Conjuring House in Berylville. Uh, did you ever check out The Conjuring movies
1: when they came out? No, I never checked it out.
0: You probably like them. They're pretty good. They're creepy. Insidious. You might like Insidious, too. Insidious was a horror movie that was It was weird. James Wan. They were both like uh, very successful horror movies made by the same dude. You know what I mean? And kind of the same vibe, but different. You know what I mean? I think people kind of forget about the first one. Uh, the highlight to the first one was uh, when the dude says, he get, you know, he goes, it's not your house that's haunted. It's your boy. Great line. Uh, so now the Conjuring House, this stuff is, you know, I like it. I love it. I know Ray loves it too. Um, the house we've never got up to, it burnt down, I believe, didn't it?
1: Uh, no, they've sold it. They got new owners.
0: Oh, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the paranormal investigator, the Warren's house burnt down. That's a Connecticut, I think, too. I could be wrong. Um, but the real life of the Harrisville house by watching the movie The Conjuring, you know, it's the 1970s. And a normal family moves into an assuming, unassuming home in the Boonies. Only this was the former property of a deceased Satanist named Bathsheba, who killed her own daughter to appease the devil. All right. I'm not going to say that name again because that name sounds like something straight demonic. And I don't want to do no Candyman three times to deal with that. But what, kill it.
1: Huh? Bathsheba comes out of the Bible. Oh well, what's it? What is it? The name of the devil? No, that that's the name of the, the name of a lady, like a Lilith. No, uh, let's see. Yeah, David and Bathsheba. What, like,
0: like? Uh, I'm like, not for who is she supposed to be? Somebody evil, or is she like?
1: Uh, no, she was, I believe if I have it right, she was a queen uh-huh. that, that David fell in love with. Okay.
0: Interesting. So that just happened to be her name. It wasn't anything. Uh, she was a religious family, obviously, at one point. Now, she killed her own daughter to appease the devil. You know, we were having some this, like, some crazy you almost go, you don't hear about that stuff anymore. But unfortunately, like all the, you know, it's not about the devil, but, you know, you know, in Massachusetts alone in the last like handful of months, there's been numerous. There's just one, an, a, a dude killed his family in Andover, you know, the, in, in in Abington a couple of years ago, some dude killed his whole family and himself. There's the mother. In Duxbury, they killed their kids and then tried to get herself. There's a dude in Cohasset who killed his wife and tried to get away with it. Um People aren't giving props to the devil or giving, like, uh you know, tagging the devil on it, but there's definitely some evil shit at play there. You know what I mean? What, how, what do you think about that?
1: Well, I didn't know all that. If that's the case, I'll leave the – uh I'll leave the devil and the crazy people in Mass and move back to Rhode Island and deal with the. Gold. That's easier, <laughs> that's easier yeah. for me.
0: Yeah, I hear you. No, Massachusetts is getting wild right now. It's not a, it's not a good look. They gotta, they gotta cool down. Um, but the house was sold earlier this year, and the brave hearted are welcome to explore the property and see what all the fright is about. So that's kind of cool. You can go check it out, and I wouldn't mind going. That'd be a cool deal, Leo. You you actually in the downtime you actually did a little investigating with Cindy Lou. Do you want to say anything about that real quick or we'll have her on to go deeper into it? But that was in uh uh Rockland, I think, Rockland, Massachusetts.
1: That that was in Rockland, Mass. We'll we'll save it for her. I know she'll have fun there.
0: Hi, right, cool beans, cool beans. But uh what's your take on this, the killing the killing the daughter to appease
1: the devil type stuff? Um I would probably say that the, that person themselves, if not possessed, had some very serious psychological problems or being, having aligned themselves, if they're going to appease the devil, they're already in the dark arts. Yeah. And uh, to kill your own child, that's something I cannot understand, being a parent. Yeah. So yeah, that, that is that is just darkness. And to, to, uh, to do it to appease the devil, you're out there. And some strange dark land. You're lost.
0: It just reminded me of that that um that Satan's harvest book. I picked it up but I never read it. Remember we talked about that like the first season of Mostly Ghostly, <clears throat> where it was the father who was like a devil worshipper that like gave his son's soul to the devil before his son was born. And then the kid had like a horrible life. Like, the dude, the father killed the mother and then himself in front of the kid, like harsh stuff. And then the kid like went crazy later in life and like killed himself off because like he had his, he, had, he was so torn and tormented. You know, it's crazy. It's a crazy deal. You think that was the actual devil in there? You think that's just the insanity that comes with something that traumatic?
1: I can say um uh, the insanity can be brought about by the influence of evil. People give themselves over to it.
0: Yeah, so, but like that in that kid sense, and the kid he, uh, he thought he, he was—I think he thought that he was haunted by a demon his whole life. But could quite could it have just been that the trauma, the trauma of that event, is what did him in? Like that shouldn't happen. That's like, not a normal thing. And he was like mentally destroyed, so to speak.
1: Mentally and emotionally destroyed. Yeah. yeah what with him, uh, he doing growing up thinking that he's haunted, he's cursed, and then killing himself. That that makes sense in a sad way. Very,
0: it's almost like ending the chain or something. Very weird. I'd like to think that there'd be like a nice. Uh, I I gotta read that book. Not that the answer that I was going for right there was in it, but like it it'd I'd be. I'd like to think that someone that never had a chance like that would get, wouldn't their soul wouldn't be satanus you know what i mean i like to think that um next up the Graduate. now the graduate may seem like a lovely place to stay but with stephen king and robert block a robert block from the psycho uh, books of course you know stephen king uh, drawing inspiration from its hellish tales there is much more than meets the eye Back in the day, the hotel was built with the backing of a Satanist who performed various rituals in its halls and was the scene of murders galore during Prohibition. You know, the backing of a Satanist, just because it has the financial backing, do you think that that would, if if no funny business happened there, do you think just the financial backing would be enough to have bad vibes?
1: Well, uh, if the person's uh, involved in uh, not just backing, but in the construction it's the way he wants it constructed and uh what might be going on there there's a possibility yeah like symbolism within the building type deal
0: yeah whether or, or open either way that stuff always interests me there's a great um i think it's hellraiser 4 uh bloodline and there's like a people somebody builds a uh, like a hotel or a big business building with like the symbolism from the the box you know what I mean? That they open up in the franchise. I always love the symbolism. You know, they say that with uh, the Masons, he was the Illuminati deal. We got no beef with Masons. It's all good in the hood. Uh, now, the hotel was b- built with the backing of a Satanist. You know, that could be here, near, and there. Now, performing rituals in its halls was, and, you know, would be a big deal. Rituals would definitely be a big deal. Open up some portals, bring in some bad stuff. And of course, murders galore during prohibition. Um some seriousness, you know. You got the prohibition time, very violent people. You know, they're banning out outlawing booze. People need imagine if they outlawed booze tomorrow, dude, people be killing each other. Unfortunately, alcoholism is such a gigantic problem that nobody really considers they consider a problem, but it's never really looked at as sternly as it should when you really think about all the people that have drinking problems and it's like, yeah, it's legal not to drive of course, but it's legal to go buy to the store, go home and get, you know, fucked up. Um and, you know, you cut people off. That, you know, during COVID times that was a deal. Like people weren't getting their booze. I'm sure people were going crazy, you know what I mean? And uh, not to mention all the drunken brawls and everything that comes with it. You know, you have the business stuff, you have the business end, even if they're not drinking and they're selling it, there's that end of beef. Yeah, it's a lot of trouble over there, you know. Now, once known as the Biltmore, the 100-year-old hotel now goes by The Graduate, and employees and guests alike still tell tales of unexplained phenomena. You can go check that place out too if you want to stay as to the public. The great, You can check that out, The Graduate at 11 Dorrance Street, Providence. They have a number, but we'll give them a little bit of privacy. You know what I mean? Go hit them up if you want to stay and get a vibe. Go spend a, a weekend uh, or a week in Rhode Island and uh, jump around. You can probably go on and do a week deal. Jump around, jump around, you know what I mean? Like uh, House of Pain. Now, the Seaview Terrace in Newport. You
1: ever been? No, I've been to the Breakers and one other place, but not to see you. Um, you were never at The Graduate, right? Uh, I went to a company party there. Oh, really? And that was in the late 70s. In the early 70s, they used to have a nice nightclub that I would... In there, I used to go to occasionally. Interesting. Ever catch any vibes? Uh... No, about a block away, they had this, um, the way it set up the downtown area, about a block away, they had Haven Brothers, which was a diner, and then they had Mike's, another diner that would be set up about a block over. You had City Hall, then you had, I knew it as the Biltmore. Over where the diners were, that was a great cruising place. There'd be hot cars and bikers. All hours of the night, the diners would be open. And sometimes okay. they, they had some great, great, uh, sloppy, greasy food there, but it went down nice and they had a nice club in the Biltmore. Have you ever seen the
0: movie Cruising with Al Pacino? No. William Friedkin, great flick. All right. Sea View Terrace, built in 1907. Sea View Terrace, aka Burnham by the Sea. Uh, aka Carrie Mansion. AKA the horrifying manna. Now it's a famous spot actually because you can see it in ABC's Dark Shadows, which is a beloved show. That show's huge in that world. Um, the movie, not so much. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's the largest privately owned Gilded Age estate in Newport. Local legend has it that all that the original owner's wife. Mrs. Bradley was quite fond of the home, and her her ghost has taken up a residency there, even in the off live. Uh, in October 2020, Ghost Nation visited Sea View Terrace with a paranormal investigation. The stars on the show claimed to hear footsteps, whispers, and knocking. You know what I mean? Very common things to hear in a haunted house. Wouldn't you agree, right? Oh, yeah. Now, do you believe that just because somebody like we know that you know, injustice and such at a certain house uh, will keep you tied to it? Will loving it a house keep? Will that? Will you stay at a house because you love it?
1: You can. You become fixated on it, and you can't let it go, so you don't pass over.
0: That's a weird deal. I find that very weird. It's almost like uh, when you pass over, you almost have to go to Hellville because it sounds like you worship that house more than uh, like a God or something like that. You got to be careful.
1: Well, when my parents moved to uh, Providence in Rhode Island, mm. they they bought the house, and we found out that the guy it was a guy who was haunting it. He yeah. was a guy. Who, he was a guy who built it and lived there. Okay and initially it was a little creepy but then when we figured out who it was we like i said we got along with him and stuff like that but it was his house he actually built it and he he just wanted to stay there it's kind of like oh you want to stay go ahead yeah we, we had we had no problem he never he never acted up we got along yeah madness we
0: have city hall in providence which i know you've been new it's a yep. big one. Now, for anybody out there listening, a little, little, uh, little brief description on the City Hall in Providence is the Creative Capital City Hall is often said to be visited by the ghost of a former mayor. You know what I mean, Thomas Doyle, from 1864 to 1869, death to uh, birth to death, whose body laid in, in state at the building following his untimely death. Uh, Oh, actually, uh, that wasn't the date, but that was at the time he was in office. I had to recheck that in my head real quick. Uh, The staff have reported self-moving chairs, unexplained whispers and footsteps in empty rooms, and the lingering smell of the cigar. Uh, It was also a subject of ghost hunters, you know what I mean, back in the day. They called it city hell. That sounds like something mostly ghostly would call a city hall themed thing. Uh, what are you gonna say about that one, Ray?
1: Uh, being the old building, Providence, I could I could see it. I'd heard stories about it. People seeing, separate from that, I heard stories about it. Uh, people seeing shadows moving and things being mis- misplaced, not where they left them. Those stories have been around for a long, long time. Yeah. So I, I would say, yeah, there's there's a uh, and. If you're in a city hall, you don't necessarily want to publicize that. So since they admit it and they even allow ghost hunters in, there's gotta be something there.
0: Yeah. Well maybe they're trying to sell ticks. Yeah, you know, they're gonna open up a little tour or something.
1: Well, oh, it's a city
0: hall, they probably got better shit to be doing than touring people throughout. Actually, I take that back. All right, next up, Cumberland Monastery. AKA the Cumberland Public Library. I believe you've been here, right?
1: Um, I visited that one briefly. Not a uh, investigation, just to check it out. Okay, check out the building, see what it looked like.
0: Yeah, we've got. uh, So that one, though, no one succumbed to the flames of the monastery's devastating fire in 1950. uh, There are whispers of a lone phantom monk that roams the halls and frequently moves books on the library shelves. But that's not the only otherworldly connection. A monument on the library's grounds named Nine Men's Misery also marks the spot where nine colonists were captured and killed by the Wampanoag during King Philip's War in 1676. Many locals have claimed the nearby trails are plagued by the spirits of the slain men. And dig. This is this is one that I, I've heard about before. I know we had some old pals back in the day <clears throat> that would uh tell us this is a place we definitely needed to check out or do an episode on or something like that. And well here it is, I guess. And uh, you know, it's very creepy. You know, I remember them talking about the, the, the nine the men, uh the 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 monks that they would see roaming around, which is very creepy. I mean not very creepy. I'd give it a creepy, you know, there's a lot more creepier things to be seen roaming around in the night than monks, though. I don't want to see monks roaming around in the night either. So, you know, don't visit me and nothing like that, but, uh, definitely. I like the vibe of it. This one's got a good vibe to it. Never made it over. We should, uh, of course it has our, you know, the King Phillips and Wampanoag, you know, stuff, which we get down with heavy with Bridgewater triangle. um, so what do you we got any take on this one? What you want to add anything on this one?
1: You know? Um that one I'd heard about for a long time. I know for a while my wife has as well. She grew up in Cumberland. She's okay. she familiar with the place. Uh, made a visit there. I would definitely say, and if you're talking the whole King Philip's war and there were massacres back and forth on both sides, a lot of death, a lot of pain, the fire, yeah. the monks die dying. On that property. Um, yeah, I'd say that place, that place is haunted. I'm just dying to give it, give it a shot, take a look and see what we can find.
0: I'd like that. I
1: think that'd be cool.
0: Um, you know, on March, now the history of nine, of nine men's misery real quick. Is On March 26, 1617, during King Philip's war, Captain Michael Pierce led approximately 60 Plymouth Colony militia and 20 Wampanoag Indians in pursuit of Narragansett, who had burned several Rhode Island settlements and attacked Plymouth. Um, Pierce's troops caught up with the Narragansett, Wampanoag, Nashaway, Nipmunk, and Pudunk fighters, but were ambushed in what is now Central Falls, Rhode Island. Pierce's troop fought the Narragansetts for several hours, but were surrounded by a large force. The battle was one of the biggest defeats of the uh, colonial troops during King Philip's War, with nearly all killed, including Captain Pierce and the Wampanoags. The exact numbers vary by account. Uh, the Narragansetts lost only a handful of warriors. Ten of the colonists were taken prisoner. Nine of these men were tortured to death by uh, the Narragansetts at the site in Cumberland, Rhode Island, currently on the Com- uh, Cumberland Monastery and Library property, along with the 10th man who survived. The nine men were buried by English colonists who found the corpses and created a pile of stones to mem- memorialize the men. This pile is believed to be the oldest veterans memorial in the United States. That's kind of cool. And the claim uh, in a cairn of stones has continuously marked the site since 1676. That's cool. That's a long time for them stones to be there. I'd almost want to pick one of them stones up. Uh, the Nine Men Misery site was disturbed in 1790 by me- medical students led by one Doctor Bowen, who were looking for the body of one of the dead colonists named Benjamin Bucklin, who was said to be the un- uh, to be unusually large with a double row of teeth. They were stopped by outraged locals. The site was desecrated several more times until in 1928, when the monks who then owned the cemetery built a cemented stone came. A cairn. A cairn is a man-made pile of stones raised for a purpose, usually as a marker or as a burial mound. Now the cairn, Uh, in sight can still be visited on the monastery grounds pierce's fight was followed by the burning of providence three days later and then the capture and execution of kenoshet the chief shasham of the nargesets the war was winding down even at the time that pierce's party was destroyed and king philip himself was killed in august and some heavy stuff, you know what I mean? But that's the type of stuff you get here mostly ghostly, you know what I mean? You wanna you wanna say anything about all the what I just said there? That was some heavy duty stuff, right? How's that how's that get you? What's what's that make you think when you hear all that stuff? That's some serious stuff, dude. Putting them torturing people to death on the grounds. Now, when you have a situation where somebody's tortured to death and their soul is supposedly there, you know, putting a library or having a library where people frequent on the grounds, you think that's a disturbance to the spirits, right? It would be, right? That would be upsetting for them or?
1: Uh, It could be. What I'm thinking about is before the library was a monastery. Yeah, so you have the monks there and they're doing the rituals and the prayers that might be calming. But when that burns down, then the library goes in there still peaceful, but a disturbing ground that in a sense is sacred because of what had happened there that should be left alone. It should be revered and uh, kind of maybe if people go there, just say a prayer for all of both sides that die Yeah, and and leave it alone. But it's become kind of a tourist thing. And that that makes it worse. I think it contributes to the energy there and can make it worse.
0: And if a if a monastery or church is burnt down from hatred, does that create a more negative energy, you think?
1: Uh anytime hatred is involved, I'd say yes.
0: Yeah. Because you know, you know, you, we don't know how the monastery burnt down, I don't think. I don't think there was any info on that. No. Nope. Nobody died though, but it was a big deal, if I remember correctly. Maybe that yeah. Yeah, no one succumbed to the flames, which is good, but uh, it devastated it in 1950. Uh, next up, Nathaniel Green's homestead in Coventry, Rhode Island. Once home to the American Revolution Army General Nathaniel Green, home homestead dates back to 1770 and is as, as such as a has amassed a number of paranormal claims throughout the years, including apparitions, disembodied voices, and more. Some have even sworn they heard the horse-led carriages galloping toward the property. The homestead is open for tours through October 31st. So, heck yeah, if that's what you're looking to do, then that's what you're looking to do, and they can give you what you want till Halloween. Halloween. And uh, that's the way it goes. That's Nathaniel Green on Halloween. That's when they close doors and they get upset. So yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. I believe it. I believe all of them so far. There isn't any of them here that I think was far fetched or crazy. Every now and then we'll run into a couple that I feel are you know lunacy and crazy, bananas stuff. But this one, I kind of, I kind of get down with the being right on, right on, right on the head. What do you think, Ryan? You know, you got the horse-led carriages galloping towards the property. You know, that's something like, I felt like I've heard that before. You know what I mean? The galloping of horses type deal. That's kind of, you know, voices. I've, I've I've done heard voices, you know, apparitions. You know, there's an apparition dealio. I'll get into real quick at, towards the end. But uh, what's your opinion on this one?
1: Um, going that far back in the history in the place. Yeah, again, I I'd say But something had to go on for it to still be haunted. Yeah. And let's let's face it, they're gonna whitewash history because it was a historic figure. Yeah. So any anything there is gonna be pushed aside. And they will just say, Well, we don't know, but there seems to be ghosts. And we don't know the backstory as to why the ghost would be there. Yeah.
0: You know, I remember when I, we shot a movie called The Haunting of Alice D. You know, got Al Snow, Kane Hodder, plays like you know, your boy Jason Voorhees, you know what I mean? Victor Crowley, you know what I mean? Horror icon. Um, you know, a lot of cool folks up on that project. But we did this project and we shot it. Um, Jessica Sonnenborn directed and uh up in Rhode Island in a mansion i forget the name of the mansion but i remember it was very old and it was so it was, it had a great look to it and there was a really creepy vibe in that mansion and i would i'd be willing to bet that probably some stuffs happened in there and it was one of those weird you know you go around the corner and you feel like you're just going to walk into something or you pass a doorway you look in you know you feel like you're going to see something and i remember the only i, I remember the only actual like paranormal vibe that I wish there was more pictures in there. I mean, I took a picture that with Kane Hodder that didn't turn out, which bummed me out big time. I didn't take it, somebody else took it. So, whether they were uh, whether they were uh, paranormal <laughs> or what, the uh, I never got that picture, unfortunately. But th- there was a time I remember the staircase had like this weird spirally uh, staircase. And I could every time you'd go, you'd go, you'd look down into whatever, you would, you'd swear you'd see people going up and down that weren't there. And uh, I think that the house, the, the mansion was picked because it had a history to it. And uh, yeah, very, uh, that was a very cool deal. But I wish I could remember the name of that mansion. It was called the Something Mansion, down by the water, big place. Uh, it was a good deal. You can rent it for like, to get, I think, I don't know. To get married in it or something like that, it was like it was a regular mansion that I guess you could just rent for like a summer house or whatever. But it was a cool deal. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of my haunted Rhode Island story. You know what I mean? Not bad. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. I guess it could. I could. Well, had...
1: You you, you got to remember, there's a whole lot of people in the world that haven't even seen that what you've yeah. seen or experienced it.
0: I, I feel like, I feel like if I had time, I didn't even really think about that, that, uh, the mansion stuff. I feel like if I had a little more time to think about it, I could probably figure it out. I haven't thought about that in quite a while. And, uh, when we were cruising through this, it popped in my head, the, the, the stair stuff. Um, so I just wanted to share, I just want to share a little bit with folks out there, but, uh, hell yeah. Yeah. Rhode Island's no, uh, no joke out there. You know what I mean? I think a lot of Cindy Lewis were on the show before and said that, you know, you know, uh, mostly ghosts, you don't say it, but, you know, like there might be some, you know, organized crime, you know, type maybe uh, stuff going on in Rhode Islandville back in the day. Maybe not so much anymore. Maybe, Maybe so much anymore. You never know. But with stuff like that, organized crime, when they come in, I feel like there's a fear that they put into regular folk. You know what I mean? That's probably bad energy as well as like people on their level that they, you know, do the whacking and do business with and all, you know, that type of deal. I'm sure there's some funky energy up in there too. You know what I mean? Um, but so I'm sure all that, all that plays a part. You know, we had Whitey down here in Massachusetts and, uh, you know, a couple of places Whitey used to frequent uh i believe is to be haunted i believe his house is haunted i believe his hangout the place where he used to hang out with the boys i think they used to cut people up in like the basement which that always brings a funky vibe with it and uh i don't know maybe it doesn't you know what i mean because then you got to ask yourself does does the butcher shop does that have a funky vibe to it with all them dead animals you know, what's really the big difference between the, the the human folk and the animals at the end of the day? Um, it's an interesting deal. You know what I mean? Haunted, haunted stuff. Well, Ray, you want to say anything about uh, Big RI, Rhode Islandville?
1: I'd say that you can go to almost any part of Rhode Island. It's not yeah. that the state; it's the smallest in the union. Yeah. I mean, you, you can drive from one end to the other in less than an hour. And that's a long way, never mind the short way across. Yeah. And, and uh, almost everywhere you step, you can find something that's haunted.
0: It's old, too. Yeah. It's old New England up there as well. It's a very big mixture of people. You know, you'll have, you know, very rich. There's very rich people in Rhode Island. There's some very poor people in Rhode Island, much like other places. But I think that creates. I think that the melting pot of different classes always creates something within the energy of a place, you know what I mean?
1: You get that, you get the original native population, the wars that have been through there. I mean, what some people don't realize is um, you go like on the east side of Rhode Island, a lot of them were closed off when I was young, exploring. There's a major river that that goes uh, from the bay up by Providence. And it branches off. And there used to be a old building, and when I was a kid, we snuck down into the basement, and they had tunnels that used to run out to the river where they would smuggle. Uh, they had the smuggling uh, very early, and the native, and the wars, and all of these rich families, and all this craziness going on back and forth for all for all that time. And they first settled that place. What was it, fifteen hundreds or something like early sixteen hundreds? Been 15. around for a long while, and right, yeah, it's a that's a. You can drive down the street over there and just about stop anywhere, and you're going to find something haunted.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like, realistically, with, with with how many people have been on this earth and stuff. I mean, how often how often do you think you're standing in a spot that somebody's died in?
1: I'd say that you stand a pretty good chance if you go you if know. you go out and about. I mean, people will see. I don't. I don't know what the law law is. I know they yeah. change. Some states where they you have to disclose if a house is haunted. Now. Mm. But I know that there are sites you can go on. You can put it like your house address in. Yeah. And do a search to see if someone died there. Weird. If you if you got if you got a house that's been around since the fifties, sixties, or even older, you can do a search and you go. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, three people die in this house. I didn't know that when I bought it. Yeah. No wonder we keep on hearing a lot of weird stuff go on in here. The old family's family's still around. Hell yeah. I want that phone
0: app. I don't care about how many steps I get in. I want to know how many dead bodies I step over throughout the day. You know what I mean? (laughs) That'd be a cool deal. I guess you got to figure.
1: I, I agree with no disrespect, but I agree.
0: Yeah, I've, you got to figure every 10 feet, you've, you've got to be at least stepping over somebody that at one point, you know, even before, like, our humanity, before we were kind of civilized, like, when people just, you know, kill each other off right there, you know what I mean? It wasn't, it was a lot more, you're killing off, you know, starving to death, you know, disease, you know, common colds, killing people off, like, back in the day, like, you got to think about all that stuff. And it's like, whoo, a lot of death. Ambulance drove by as I said that. But yeah, I guess without well, a closer. That's like the universe telling us they've had enough mostly ghostly for today or something.
1: I guess so. Hopefully it was empty.
0: Uh, well, you know, the siren was going, so I think that means somebody's in there. But I'm going to stay hopeful with you and positive and say that's an, they're just making sure the horn blows. That's an empty ambulance. Yep if anybody happened to be in there, uh, best wishes and best of luck with you on good things. But uh, that was good. Yeah, Rhode Island is not too far away. We're definitely going to have to one of these days reach out and touch. I didn't make the Cindy Lou haunting extravagance or I felt bad about it after the fact, but I couldn't. I was getting over a sickness. It was tough. It was a uh, weird, weird couple days. But we'll catch again. In some paranormal place, in some paranormal world out there, and maybe we'll stop in the Rhode Island and catch some of these places. So, with that being said, we hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed this episode, go listen to more episodes of Mostly Ghostly. You know what I mean? We're up to, uh, uh you know, how many? We're season four. We're in episode two of season four right now. Uh, the last season didn't have as many episodes as the previous, but it's only cause during COVID time, we were able to hammer out some serious episodes. You know what I mean? But, uh, I think last year we brought 33 to 35 to the masses. And before that, I think they were like a hundo each, maybe 50 each. I don't know, but, uh, it was a lot. Uh, so yeah, if you like this, definitely go check out more episodes of mostly ghostly. For anybody out there looking to support, you know, uh, we, we appreciate, we love the fact that you just listen to the episode, but if anybody out there was looking to support, we do have a Patreon system and, uh, you get in the, in the lowest bracket, you would get advanced episodes, early access episodes of mostly ghostly. And we've been doing a lot of, uh, uploading the uncut video of the podcast on the, Ooh, I'm getting gassy. Uh, on the Patreon, but we'll see. I know Ray Ray says that if he's in in a video format, he needs to be paid like a TV or film appearance. So we're trying to work things out with his agent and all that good stuff right now. And maybe there'll be some mostly ghostly video up there someday. We'll see. Um, but you definitely would get advanced. So don't go no further than the five dollar perk unless you want to, of course, journey into another tier of uh, support which would bring tears to my eyes. That would be so beautiful. So, With that being said, we love y'all. Thanks for supporting and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next episode of what? Mostly Ghostly. Mostly Ghostly. And Mostly Ghostly is a proud member of the Boombastic Media Network. Thank you. Talk again. Bye. <music>